Caution, learning in progress. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Smarter Every Season. This is Clay Scott, a member of the product support team. I'm joined in the studio today with... Nate Burnham. Nate, always good to have you in here. Always a pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. Nate, we've got a pretty uh, pretty special guest for, for you and I, I'll say. So today we have Caleb Schlater. So for those of you that, that don't know Caleb or don't know the role he plays here at Precision Planting, um, Caleb is... Effectively, me and Nate's boss, really. Uh, but I, I shouldn't use the term boss because Caleb really is a, a leader for the team here on product support and, and a leader in the company. So I uh, really enjoy having Caleb here today. So I'll let him kind of introduce himself, and then uh, we'll kind of get into what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, thank you, guys. Thank you for having me. Uh, I always love getting the opportunity to be on the Smarter Every Season podcast. I love the fact that we do this. We get to share some amazing insights to the to the listeners so thank you for having me as as clay so wonderfully uh introduced me my name is caleb schlater i get the opportunity to to lead the product support team here at precision planting uh, i also get the opportunity to lead uh several other departments within the organization uh, business intelligence and uh, get the opportunity to work with our commercial agronomy team so a lot of a lot of fun things that i get to do and uh i also uh, in my free time, I get the opportunity to farm alongside my dad and my grandpa and uh, on our family operation that's about eight miles west of the Tremont facility here in Precision. So what I'm hearing, though, is you have tons of free time. Tons of free time. You pair that up with a three-year-old and a one-year-old, and uh, yeah, I, you know, I just I can't find enough hobbies to keep me occupied. Guys, this is a perfect opportunity. If you have any suggestions for hobbies, send it on in to Smarter Every Season at PrecisionPlanting.com, and we will uh, we will go ahead and get those over to Caleb. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, what we'll get into today is uh, something that I think a lot of people are thinking of right now, and and something a lot of growers are are having you know tough. Uh, I don't want to say dinner table conversations because we need to keep working working home separate, but it, it happens a lot of times at the dinner table. And that's the topic of high interest rates. Um, it's definitely something that, that comes up quite a bit. And you see it on everything, whether it's the news or the social media or, or whatever, you're always kind of bombarded with information these days about, you know, doom, gloom, and despair. And so something that, that I kind of tell myself quite often, and, and I've been told from, from uh, older farmers and, you know, even someone like my grandma who, they farmed through the the farm crisis and, and all that kind of stuff. And they're like, oh, you know, we were farming when when interest rates were 19%. And it's like, okay, well, yeah, that's that's the exclusion. But we're, we're trending in a, in a higher, you know, higher interest category than we have been in the past number of years. And we were kind of spoiled, really, with with fairly decent yields in, in a lot of areas of the Midwest and, and, you know, being able to finance equipment and land and inputs it zero to two percent is historically unheard of really so i don't know that we're that high but but it's definitely something we're talking about right now so that's something i wanted to bring caleb in today i wanted to talk through you know what they're doing on their operation how they're handling it and how you guys as dealers can can use this conversation to to go to your your growers and talk to them about what they're doing on their operation and just having realistic conversations and 
and also to make sure that you guys know we are in touch with reality. We know what's going on in the field. We we want you guys to to understand that we we live in the real world. We have people here that are facing the same challenges you are. And so I want Caleb to speak into that. And I think he's going to do a do a good job and show a lot of justice to the situation at hand. So going well, don't that, set that expectation right out well, of the gate. You know, I mean, Caleb, come on now. You know, you just just keep it pretty real. So, <laughs> so that's that's why we picked you here. But no. I just wanted you to to start off by kind of whatever you're willing to share, talk about uh, yeah. your guys' operation and, and your guys' background, and we'll go from there. Yeah, so uh, like I said earlier, I'm a fourth-generation farmer, so my great-grandpa started the operation here in central Illinois, and uh, from there my, my grandpa came into the business, and then my dad came into the business, and then I've gotten the opportunity to, to join in and be a partner within the business as well. And what Clay was talking about earlier is, is the interest rates. So, you know, I've, I've had conversations with my dad where, you know, I, I get a little nervous about 9% and, and he farmed at 18% on an operating loan. And, yep. uh, it's, it's an interesting dynamic, but the reality is, is in, in our operation, uh, it impacts us. We're, we're a, a corn and soybean operation, row crop. Uh, we've, we're in a pretty good op- opportunity as far as the, the ground we get to cover. And uh, overall, we try to figure out how do we make ourselves better each and every year. And when you have high interest rates at the, the rate we have, that, uh, that prospect becomes a little, bit more, uh, a little bit more difficult. The old saying is in order to make money, you got to spend money. And unfortunately, when the cost of the dollar is so high on the interest rates, it's hard to, it's hard to get that money up front to invest in the operation. And so interest rates will impact about every aspect of the business. And so it's about how do we navigate that? How do we manage through it? So that way we can continue to extend the legacy, continue to get better in our operation and make a difference for, for the farm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's definitely something that I know a lot of our growers have at the forefront of their, of their minds is how do I how do I leave a legacy for the next generation and how do I have acres for that next generation to take over? So it's definitely something that our, our growers are thinking about quite a bit. So to lead off in terms of, of topics, I want to talk about how you guys personally and how our dealers should be having the conversation around um, equipment purchases, the retrofit market, um, you know, what upgrades are you guys looking at? You know, those kind of topics that, that these, these times can kind of bring about. Yeah, I mean, when we look at equipment purchases, I kind of mentioned it earlier, you got to spend money to make money. Uh, So there are a lot of things that we are talking about on whether or not we should make a move this year, next year, the next several years. And it really boils down to what what is right for our business, what's right for our cash flow. And when we start talking about the high interest rates, at that point, we have to start figuring out is that new tractor the right move? I mean, you're talking 9% interest on a, on a lease or on a note. That increases the not only the yearly payment, but the, the final payment or the final amount is quite large at mm-hmm. the end of the day, especially the dollars that we're talking about on new equipment and used equipment for that matter. And so we, we really have to sit down and say, hey, what are the things that we can prioritize to make our business better. And it may not be new iron. 
it may be looking at opportunities. And that's why I love the approach of precision planting with the retrofit first approach, because we can be accessible to all growers in a season like this where it's expensive to borrow cash. It's expensive to, to find those new opportunities. And all I want to do is get incrementally better on our operation. So if that means retrofitting conceal on my on my planner, that's that's a completely different cost ballpark than going to the latest and greatest out of the factory. And so I can get a little bit better every year, even in a even in a situation where we're feeling that interest rate pressure. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it made me think about, uh, you know, Jason Webster, he, he has a lot of good points and, and something that I think uh, that I find kind of funny at PTI is when, when Jason's talking about corn and soybean trials and we often get the, get the response of you guys really need to do a cotton trial, really need to do a cotton trial. Okay. Yeah. And I, and I agree with that. Or, you know, the guys from Canada, we'd really like to see a canola trial. Yeah. You know, that's, that's a good point. But what Jason talks about at PTI is planning principles and planning fertility, and planner applied fertility. And those principles apply to any crop. And he talks a lot about limiting factor. So when we start talking about equipment purchases, equipment upgrades, what's your limiting factor? That's right. There, there's your direction That's to go. That's right. And, and that applies to, applies to so much. And, and it's really about, like I said earlier, establishing that priority. Everybody yeah. knows what the priority is for their operation. And if, and if you look at it and you say, man, it'd be great to do all of these things, Reality is we might have to we might have to scale back a little bit and focus in on where do we really want to invest our dollars because it's it's not as easy to to cover that cash flow any longer. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And especially too, you mentioned maybe it makes more sense to retrofit my current planner with Conceal. I'm coming at it from the son of a financial planner where you're going to see the return on the retrofit way sooner than you are when you're pl- paying, you know twice on the dollar for a brand new planner out yeah. the gate. Yeah. Um, I mean, to me, in my mind, it makes a whole lot more sense than high interest rates to kind of take that approach of how can I get better without putting myself in a hole. We should have had your dad on the podcast. He's a financial planner. He would have been a wonderful individual to he, come in. and I will keep that in mind. I, I, I'd probably learn from him. Yeah. I, pro- I learn from him every day. I, I'm sure you do. <laughs> So, Caleb, kind of keeping in the same conversation of buying equipment and interest rates, what are some other ways that we can like mitigate against the high interest rates um, and still improve our operation? Yeah, yeah. So, as as a grower, one of the key opportunities for us is to look for programs, uh, different different equipment manufacturers, different dealers. They they have programs that allows us to mitigate that risk because they'll buy down the rate, uh, and so. For example, Precision Planting has a program right now. It's it's 5.99% for 60 months or even a six-month waiver that's followed by the Agco Preferred Rate. Now, both of those are good opportunities for somebody like myself who's looking to offset some of that financial risk, offset some of that interest, uh, and it, it actually comes into allowing us to make some moves because we're, we're sitting there and saying, well, for me to finance right now, uh, it, on my own credit line or, or something of that sort would be fairly expensive, but having that program as a way to offer growers a, a lifeline or an opportunity uh, really could could benefit their operation. So that those types of programs uh, help manage cash flow, help manage the the overall cost of the of the equipment. 
Awesome. So kind of going along with, um, we're talking about new versus retrofit. When we then start talking about the land and the land that yeah. we work in our, um, in our operation, how does the high interest rates affect your mindset around purchasing land? Or then does that make you kind of lean a little bit more towards the idea of leasing land to where you're not having to take a huge loan um, out just to, just to front that money to, for the purchase? Uh, land is always an interesting discussion. Uh, I believe that if you get the opportunity and it makes sense for the, the farm and it makes sense for you, moving forward towards a purchase is the right move because land is the, the commodity they don't make any more of, right? Right. Um, now, I put a lot of caveat around that as it's got to be right timing. It's got to be the right dollars. I'm not saying go out and just gobble up all the land because that's, that's where you can get yourself into some financial pressure. But what I, what I do lean into is, is even in the high interest rate environment, you're, you're looking at notes that are a long-term note. That is, over time, we're going to see the cyclical nature of the interest market change, and you're going to have the opportunity to refinance. Mm-hmm. And so if it's, if it's one of those once-in-a-lifetime opportunities that you get put in front of you, it butts up to another farm. It's, it's somebody who you've developed a relationship with that you're farming their ground and they're looking to sell. You know, the interest rate discussion should probably still be in the calculus, but know that there are opportunities downstream that can adjust that cost. So as you're, as you're going through and looking at the, the full term cost of that note, uh, just know that there, there are opportunities for you to refinance. So I think that there, there are some, it, it is going to slow some things down. It, it's the reality of it yep. uh, because you're looking at it and you're saying, holy cow, what used to cost me a, th- a 3% is now way more. When you actually run the table on it, man, it's, it's some scary numbers that you're paying solely in interest. But at the same time, looking at what is the what is the value to the operation, what is the value to the legacy, and if I have an opportunity to manage out of it later on, it might be the right thing to do. Um, and so, renting renting, of course, is is a little bit different. It's it's more of an opex charge uh, on on a. Uh, P&L for a farm. And so you still may have to potentially finance renting if you don't have the cash flow to cover it right out of the gate. So really, at the end of the day, it's it's kind of six in one hand, half a dozen in the other. And if the option is to rent or to buy, I'd probably lean more towards buying if it makes sense. The other option is don't grow your ground right now and, and focus on how to improve the yields on the current ground you're running. Uh, through equipment improvements, through efficiency drivers, through lowering your inputs. I mean, there's there's a lot of things you can do to manage cash flow uh, that aren't directly tied to avoiding that interest rate. And it, that definitely uh, was a conversation that I think Nate and I both had quite a bit this spring, um, having we both bought houses within, <laughs> yeah. what, two weeks of each other yeah. probably? Yeah, it was and, within, uh, within the month for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and so uh, definitely conversations very similar to what Caleb just had, you know, me and Nate had back and forth. And uh, I would say we probably, if we had a dollar for everyone that told us we made the wrong decision because of high interest rates, we probably could have put 
pretty solid down payments down, I would say. Honestly, yeah. I probably wouldn't have to be putting all the money into the house that I yeah have now yeah. to improve it. And I was going to ask you if you regret the decision yet, but um, you're not living there yet, so I'm not going to go there. <laughs> Isn't there a movie with Chevy Chase in it where they, they buy a house? I think it's called The Money Pit. I, are I, you guys are you guys feeling that at all uh, or I do. So we found for a little bit of context, we found a house that was in a good area seemed like a crazy price point. So we jumped on it and since we have done major electrical upgrades, yeah, yeah. full plumbing redo, um I've I'm going on 250 pounds of floor leveler um, so it's been, it's been quite an experience and although I don't think we're in a money pit situation yeah, yeah, yeah. right now, it feels like it. Okay. So we've owned but it since here's April. the thing. You're learning a lot. You're getting a lot of experience. That is true. It's a first house. It's a good first house. It's, it has definitely opened my eyes to, I never want to do a flip of this condition. There you go. Again. There you go. Well, so, so you learn something. Valuable lessons yeah. all the way around. And it has 100% solidified our decision of we will never buy another house. We will build one. Yeah. That has 100% solidified our decision. Ours has not been nearly as bad as, as Nate's, but, uh, yeah. And I and I don't know if it's Chevy Chase and Money Pit. I think that's actually Funny Farm. I, mm. I, I may be talking to individuals who do not know who Chevy Chase is right uh, now. So. I, I do. I do. I'm not going to call you old, but I have no idea who that is. <laughs> oh, hey, I was homeschooled. That's that's fair. Nate, that's fair. Nate was a homie. That's I fair. Was, as, as Carl would say, Nate is a homie. <laughs> Carl! <laughs> oh, shit. So, try to pull us back back a little bit on track here. <laughs> it's my fault. <laughs> All good. Oh. No, so when... When we start talking about, you know, putting a crop out for next spring and, and going through, you know, seed decisions, fertilizers, I don't want to get into that stuff uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. here today. That's that's 100% decisions that need to be made, you know, on, on your home front. We don't know what you're doing at home. We, we don't want to make those decisions. That's right. However, uh, a lot, I would say the majority of farms are using some sort of operating financing as well as some sort of input financing. So, Caleb, if you want to speak a little bit into that, you yeah. know, give some words of encouragement on on those fronts. Yeah, I mean, uh, both operating and input financing, we have seen grow. And and that's that's painful when you get that letter in the mail that's saying, okay, it's 0.5% higher. The next letter comes 0.5% higher. It's painful. It hurts. It's, it's something that you start questioning, hey, how do I continue to do this if this is going to be the trend? And so really what we've, what we've thought about is, okay, if we're going to continue down this path, how do we manage our inputs appropriately? And that's where we lean on technology. That, that's where you lean on opportunities to say, hey, let, let's get better scripts. Let's, let's start actually managing when we start talking about our, our liquid fertilizer. How do, we, how do we apply that more appropriately than versus just a straight ground drive? Because now we're going to be able to have scripts that up, are applying exactly what we need where we need it. Uh, and getting to that, getting to that point where we're having, and, and I, I don't want to use a pun here, but precision mm-hmm. when it comes to our inputs, because that's going to help us manage those dollars downstream. Every dollar that we don't put into a note uh, for an input is going to essentially not accrue that interest and save us money in the long run. So. Don't I, I, we don't want to get to the point where we're choking our crop of potential 
because we want to make sure we're feeding it. That's where we get our margin when we see those those good yields. But we also want to be very mindful of, hey, if we're over-applying, that's, that's wasted dollars. That's dollars that we, we aren't going to get back. If we aren't using swath control and we're, we're, we're in a situation where we're overseeding, that's dollars we're not going to get back. And so how can we get more precise with our application to manage that that downstream impact of interest, which brings a benefit to the operation. It brings more margin at the end of the year that then you can apply back into the operation versus it going into this black abyss of, of interest. Yep. And and not even just to the, uh, the potential like dollars that were missed or the wasted dollars on the inputs. If, if we're not precise in our application of our, our seeding or our inputs, like our fertilizer, we could potentially be impacting the yield, yeah. of our crop that we're putting in the ground. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, and and that's where we we talk about retrofitting again and getting good uh, getting better each year. That's that's the opportunity of retrofit is hey, I may not have uh electric drives on my planter today, but for something where I don't have to trade into a brand new planter to achieve it, now I can manage my inputs better by a, a, a small upfront cost that's going to save me year over year over year, even when we do return back to the 3% interest, which we're all going to feel like that's free money again, yep, <laughs> but absolutely. it still has a cost associated with it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. So, as we kind of kind of wrap up this episode, everyone's been crazy busy, so it's going to be a little bit of a shorter episode. But as we're kind of getting into the end of it, what what type of encouragement would you give our dealer network? As these times may not feel like we're we're booming and you know going crazy, but as the interest rates are higher and everyone's feeling it, what 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 type of advice or encouragement do you have for them to kind of tell them you know you're still fighting the good fight? Yeah, I, I mean, it, it kind of goes back into what I've already said. Our mission is to help growers get better. That's why we put believe in better on everything. It's a wonderful tagline, but our mission is truly to help growers get better. And just to give encouragement to our dealers is there are still growers that are going to make moves. There, there are still growers that are going to make decisions because we are wanting to improve our operations. Now, that may mean that we aren't making drastic changes, but the small incremental changes are a great way for a dealer to build a relationship with a grower, maybe even get on an operation that they haven't been on before because somebody is thinking a little bit differently about how they spend their dollars than they have in the past, and really build that trusted advisor uh, that trusted advisor status with the customer. I mean, at, at the end of the day, we have a really awesome opportunity to come in and help a lot of growers in a time where it seems like we are going to be in a financial pinch. I can't buy new equipment. I can't put, put up that new shed. I can't I can't go pick up the ground that was offered to me. There, It's going to feel tough for a lot of growers out there. And being that that lifeline to say, hey, I know that this is not, that uh, the new planner is not an opportunity for you this year, but I see an opportunity for you to improve your yield by X amount, and that's going to lead to Y margin. That's gonna be that's gonna be a great way to have that conversation and build trust with the grower. And 
and here, here's the other side. I'm, I'm not a dealer, but I know that the high interest rates are impacting the dealer as well. And, and for all of you listening, I, I feel you there. I know as a, as a small business owner, those are, those are difficult times. And once again, that gets into how do we get leaner? How do we get more focused on what our main mission is? Uh, and and do it wisely with the dollars that we are that we are given, so we can be a good steward and caretaker of our business. And so, really, it's it's an encouragement of hey, know what you're going through in your business, know what the the grower is going through with their business, and looking at ways that you both can build each other up to be better. That's that's what agriculture is all about. That's what being a part of this business is all about. Absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, well, Caleb, we absolutely appreciate having you on here today. We. I think that was a really good uh, way to talk about rising in- interest rates and, and what we can do to, to navigate these challenging times and, and work through that on, on multiple different fronts because it's it's not just uh, equipment, it's not just land purchases, it's it's the whole business. So we got to take a take a whole business approach to the to the rising interest rates. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me. I, I like I've always said I love this. I love that our team gets to do this, speak into to different topics. Um, one, one thing I, I didn't mention earlier that I would, I'd really want to lean into is we are not financial advisors in this room. <laughs> I, I should have said true. that earlier, yeah. except for your, your dad, you're a son yeah. of a financial advisor. That's pretty darn close. That's the closest thing we got. I, I know enough to be dangerous, but please don't take my word on <laughs> what I say. But what, what I would, what I always strongly recommend, uh, young farmers, young business owners is there are people that are looking to help and people that are, that can be trusted in that space. And especially as we're going through a season where it's going to be navigating cash flows, finding somebody that you can, that you can trust that may give you wisdom and may give you insight in how to further your business. And that in on the dollar side is always helpful. So don't be afraid of, of raising your hand, asking for help. Uh, there are people out there that would be more than willing and would would love to build the relationship with you in order to help your business. It's about finding those people, finding the people you trust, and moving forward with them. So, yep, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And something that Caleb is always uh, mentioning to uh, younger crowds is is finding a mentor. So, like yeah. Caleb, like Caleb said, you know, maybe that's maybe that's the guy that works down at the co op. Maybe that's the the older farmer you know, 10 miles up the road. Maybe that's the guy with the gray beard trying to sell Fent combines to a, to a 20 year old, you know, you never know who that mentor is, but always find that person and, and try to stick with them. So that's great. Yeah. Thank you again, Caleb. Hey, thanks guys. All right. See you guys. See you.